Long before God turned on the sun, hung the stars, or laid a stone, we were on his mind. Sons and daughters, a family for his own possession. A kind and courageous people who know they belong to him, created for the purpose of bringing more heaven to earth. God's love searches the earth, looking for those who look to him and are willing to give him their bodies too. The love of God marvelously wrecked me, then it rebuilt me. Guilt or shame no longer have a place in me. His love chases away all my fear. God is rebuilding your story, and your whole story is part of His glory. Your body is holding and telling your story. Your body is the land that God's love bought. Give Him permission to build. Arise and build. Build the body of Christ. God is building His body, His church, and we are His engineers. We are His body builders. God is rebuilding me so that I can help rebuild others like me to be a light to my people. To draw others to Him through a new understanding of wellness. To model strength, courage, and endurance. To start assuming the best for myself, assume the best of others, assume the best of God, and assume the best for the wonderful future He has planned for me that I can't even imagine yet. God is rebuilding the disconnect between my spiritual life and my physical body. To lead others in wellness. To get my butt moving, to be the encourager that He has created me to be. To finish well. To help break generational strongholds in my family. To reach out to women in my community through fitness. And to honor Him with my body. To be whole and healthy in Him to help others to find freedom. To help end human trafficking. As an example of his power. To be a better mom for our boys. For my daughters. For my children and my students. To reach broken women in the community. To go and make disciples. We are fitness teachers, gospel preachers, getting the church, God's bride, ready for her wedding day. God is calling us. Let's move. Let's renew. Let's build. Become a Revelation Wellness Instructor. Download a packet today. Hey guys, it's Dana Seymour, your podcast editor, and we have just finished the weekend wrapping up our virtual retreat for Platoon 26. Now for the first time ever, I actually wasn't on site helping with all the things that it takes to put together this virtual retreat. But it was fun to see little sneak peeks here and there on our social media accounts. Now, what I love most about Revelation Wellness is that it's for everybody. Becoming a fitness teacher gospel preacher doesn't mean that you have to go out and teach a fitness class. You can do with this training anything that you want. And I can honestly say that most people that come through training, from what I've seen, their greatest takeaway is how the Lord met them. The Lord will meet you in this training. He will touch your lives in ways that you could never possibly imagine. He will meet you while you're moving your body. He will meet you while you're reading your manuals. He'll meet you in this virtual retreat. If there's ever been a time to become a fitness teacher, gospel preacher, now is the time. Platoon 27 will once again be completely online and almost half the cost of our usual instructor training. 
And even better, for the first time in 2021 with Platoon 27, we're offering two different tracks for Revelation Wellness Instructor Training. We'll have our traditional Revelation Fitness track, and then we're offering our new and exciting RevX track. Are you ready for God to rebuild your story for His glory? You don't want to miss this. Follow the link in the show notes for more information. And now it's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time for another Revving the Word with Elisa. If you've got a case of the Mondays, this one's sure to break it up for you. Put on your shoes, go for a walk outside. The weather's beautiful. At least it is here in Arizona right now, for now. (laughs) Go for a walk, go for a run, get on your bike, whatever it is, however you choose to move your body, you do you. And hey, maybe this week, share this podcast with a friend. We hope you guys have a wonderful week. Be blessed. Peace. Getting the playlist going in three, two, one, play. Okay, heads up, everyone. Heads up. Put that crown on your head. And then reach for that crown. (laughs) Take it off your head and put it at the at the feet of King Jesus. Right? We are not here to just get a good calorie burn. We're not here for it. I'm not here for that. I'm not here to close your exercise ring. But I am here to close the gap between you and the God who made you. That you would draw near to Him. That you would feel an encounter his presence and now we don't live off of feelings but we can draw near and in his presence is the fullness of joy so let's get our joy up you know how we do that thanksgiving and praise so let's just say thank you god Go ahead, start listing off some things that you can say, thank you, God, for. Go. Okay, awesome. There's Thanksgiving. P.S. Totally begins to change your brain chemistry. Now, you have to not just say it but believe it. So I'd rather you spend more time thinking, thank you, God, for my breath. And then just think about having breath. Sometimes we think more is better. So if I can thank God for more, then I'll feel better. How about thanking God better in the one thing so that it becomes true to us We're not just listing off things. Okay, now Thanksgiving, or praise. You're going to complete this sentence. God, you are. Insert whatever word. Spend some time saying, God, you are. And just adore him. Praise him. That's where you take your crown off your head and give it to him. Do that now. God, you are.
a good time right there. Thank you, God, for, and God, you are. Praise and thanksgiving. We just elevated your immune system. If you're breathing, shaking off some of that body tension, you already are starting to feel a shift in the state of your being. And if it's not shifting, you might need a rest day. You're tired. So do a be still and be loved. Give yourself an out. Rest in his presence. Get, like David says, restore to me the joy of my salvation. How many times I have prayed that prayer. God, restore to me the joy because a Christian, a follower of Christ without joy is a religious person in disguise. There's control, fear, some shame, some guilt that we're masquerading around. Joy, it's this Godfidence, a certainty that God is who He says He is and will do what He says He will do in His time. So it's your job to adore Him. Adoration, praise, thanksgiving. All right, scale of one to 10. Today, we're gonna just be a seven. Comfortable, we'll push a little bit to an eight and then come back to a seven. Just a little kind of rolling intensity. All right, we're gonna continue in 1 Corinthians 5. God, thank you for your word. Be here with us. Open up our hearts. Read us, God. Read our mail. Let your word be found active and alive in us. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Corinthians 5. Y'all, just to review, we've been in the book of 1 Corinthians. I think we're going to see it all the way through, chapter by chapter. So this is week 5. Why not? Let's just do a full book. And the reason I chose this book, because it is a book of the Bible in ancient times that is most like us in modern times. We have prominent political and economical city, and it is also the most idolatrous city in the New Testament. Come on, look around. If you're living in a free land, a, a first world country, where you have liberties and rights, I bet you look around and you see some political and economical unrest. So we choose idols for ourselves. And this is happening in 1 Corinthians, in Corinth, the church of Corinth. So Paul starts writing them. I'm not going to review the last four chapters we've done, but we know there's been some division in the church. Man, that just grieves my heart. Ah, Jesus prayed his high priestly prayer, his last prayer to us before he goes to the cross. God, make them one and complete my joy in them. Make them one, God. So we know an enemy is present when there is division. All right, everyone, so this week, I need you to put on your big girl and big boy pants. We're going there this week. I refuse to be a woman who treats the Bible like a scrapbook 
where I cut out only the things I like and remember those things. And the other things I just throw away. We are whole people who need the whole word of God. So here we go. 1 Corinthians 5. Our scripture in 1 Corinthians 5 is 6 through 8 today. And Paul says this, your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. This is the word of the Lord. All right, so I'm going to give you context because I pulled out the meat of this scripture. The context of this scripture begins in chapter 5 when Paul says, I have heard that there is sexual immorality among you. Ah, it's been reported that there is sexual immorality among you. And it is of a kind that is not even tolerated of pagans. So context, someone in the church, someone who is saying, I'm a follower of Christ. I have heard the gospel and received it by faith, by grace through faith. They're still living a life. And here's the deal. They're living a life that looks like the world. And Paul's even saying it's even worse than that because it's an act that not even the pagans tolerate at this time in the Bible. It was like there was more of a moral code written in our hearts in ancient times. We see it now going to sleep as if to say everything is permissible. <laughs> but in biblical times, there was still this respect for right and wrong. There was gravity to it. And here's why I would suggest because there were lack of resources. There was more fear of, of the Lord, even if people didn't know the Lord, because there was no idols present, like as many as we have today. Social media, Netflix, shopping, Amazon, sex, liberties that have afforded us promiscuity. We have so much freedom. We have destroyed our freedom. Galatians 5 tells us, don't let your freedom destroy your freedom. So there, someone in the church is doing something they should not do. It's so like absurd that even the pagans would be, what are those church people doing? Come on. The world should be asking questions of the church. That it should be so foolish 
that we live lives so sacrificed, giving ourselves over, that the world goes, what's going on over there? Not out of curiosity, not, of, not out of disdain. This is why when we slander each other, backbite each other, gosh, when the, those who are who think that they are the gatekeepers of God's word, those who try to hold everyone account to something, they're the Pharisees of this day. They're doing the same thing that was happening in the church when Jesus came, which is why he said, we're going to do something new. Because you all are fat-headed, calloused-hearted idiots left to your own device. We're arrogant without Christ. So Paul is basically saying, it's, what is going on with you guys? And he tells the leaders here, you're going to need to gather up that guy. He's basically, he's sleeping with his stepmother. Sexual immorality. He is sleeping with his sex his, his stepmother. Doing whatever feels good to his flesh. And Paul says, by verse 5, go ahead and deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Let's get this. Paul, Paul's not saying, Paul's not saying destroy the man. He's saying basically give him over to what he wants. He doesn't want Jesus. He wants Jesus and anybody here, I'm going to go quiet. Where in your life is it Jesus and? Because you can look behind that door and you'll find your flesh <laughs> holding a blankie and sucking its thumb, looking for comfort. Go ahead right now, turn your flesh over, let it die so that your spirit might live. Galatians tells us that the spirit is opposed to the flesh and the flesh opposed to the spirit. We cannot add our flesh on top of the spirit. Y'all, the flesh comes under the headship, the leadership of this baptism into death so we might be resurrected into new life. This church had some people that were not dying very well. And then you had some people in the church boasting, kind of encouraging it. Like thinking, Jesus, now in Christ, I'm free to do whatever I want. Paul shows up to say, we got to get this out of the church because a little bit of leaven leavens the whole lump. So to our verse, 
Paul's biggest problem here is the arrogance of the Corinthians. Not even so much, you know, the division. He even tells us, don't be arrogant. You're lifting yourself up above one another, pushing others down, pulling others up, thinking you're better than. That's pride. Your boasting is not good. Come on. Do you not know that a little leaven, a little bit of pride, everyone, a little bit of self over Christ, just a little bit, can leaven the whole lump. Let's push towards an eight, everyone. Let's cleanse out, let's purge out a bit. Cleanse out the old leaven. The leaven of malice and evil. Come on. Cleanse that out. That you may be a lump as you really are unleavened. You all, this leaven, unleavened bread, takes us to the Passover when the Israelites were in Egypt and the plague was coming that was going to kill all the firstborn sons of Egypt. God says, take this blood of a lamb, put it over your doorpost, then the spirit of death will pass over you. I will know that you're my people and death will not come to you. And in the Passover, this marks when the Israelites were fleeing bondage. They didn't have time to wait for their bread to rise. So unleavened bread, it's a beautiful picture. See yourself right now. Say this with me. I would rather be a lump than leavened. I would rather be a lump than leaven. This is why David says, I'd rather I'll be a doorman in the house of God. If that's all I can be, just to be near him, I'll take it. I'd rather be a lump than leavened. Keep it up at an eight, just your best sustainable effort with joy. Joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. I want you to see his face right now. See God's face seeing you. See his pleasure. You're working out your salvation today. You're working out the leaven, the pride, the desire of the flesh. To have something to boast about. You all, 
and we do have something to boast in. It's Christ. For the resurrection, the power of resurrection lives in you. But first you must die. Man, I feel like a broken record sometimes. Maybe it's because the Lord's repeating this to me all the time. Elisa, die. Die to that. Die to that desire. Die to even that prayer, Elisa. Because if the prayer becomes more important than God, I've got pride. Pride is lifting up anything higher than God. Pride. The definition of pride in the Bible, it says that which trusts in its own power or even prayers and resources and shamefully despises and violates divine laws and human rights. Second thing, pride is an impious and empty presumption which trusts in the stability of earthly things. This church in Corinth had some pride. I am here today, Revelation Wellness, everything we do. I pray is helping you, serving you to die to yourself, to suffer well, because suffering is unavoidable. It's going to come. Pain is going to come. What will you do with it? Remember the cross for the joy set before him. Christ endured the cross. He didn't take the easy way out. He laid himself down. It's the ultimate act of releasing pride. He didn't have to. He could have called upon his godness. Die. Die to your boasting. Die to your arrogance. All of it is evil. Y'all, I just want to make it real simple. I'm going to go quiet. Because the Lord's been working on me lately. Elisa, look behind the door of your frustration. You will find pride. (laughs) You will find your desire to get things the way you want them at the time you want them because you think you deserve them. I love you, my daughter. Trust me. And ultimately, I have to remember, life is not about getting what I want. I get God. I have eternity promised with Him. This world is fleeting. It's rubbish. It's nothing. All of it. Every platform you're looking for, this is what's causing division in the church. Pride. Pride and preferences. Tear it down. Because I am here to tell you that sin is not the root of evil. It's pride. Seeing ourselves and trusting in ourselves and our own power and resources. It puts others down and it violates human rights and divine laws. And we can do this in the church. Come on. Wake up, church. Man, if the enemy's going to go anywhere, he's going to go for the church.
You know, Luke 15, 7 says, Jesus says, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. That should say who do not need, who don't, who don't think they need to repent. The righteous think they're always right. The gatekeepers, the people that think they have the full revelation of God's word. And they go around telling people who's right, who's wrong. Come on. So if there is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who don't, so God's not throwing a party over everyone who thinks things are great. It's actually those who know it's pretty wrong in me, God. They know something's wrong in me, God. Come. I repent for lifting up my desires of my flesh in your name. Come. Right now, everyone. I want us all, let's give heaven a reason to throw a party. Repent. Turn from your pride. Come on, swiftly, swiftly move away from that leaven. Don't spend any more time with it. It's going to pop up. This is why Paul says, flee from sexual immorality. There are these things, flee from them, run from them. Don't wait for the bread to rise. Grab your unleavened lump, leave. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know? A little leaven it ruins the whole lump. Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you really are unleavened. You really are just a lump for Christ. Our Passover lamb, he's been sanctified. Celebrate, celebrate. Celebrate. Come on. Come on. <laughs> this is healing, everyone. <laughs> I want you all to see yourself like a snake shedding a skin. Every step you're moving forward behind you, old wine skin. 
the leaven of malice and evil falling off of you. Be a lump of sincerity and truth. Sin is not the root of evil, it's pride. Trusting in your own power and resources. I declare some of you will never be the same again those of you you've learned enough you've suffered enough and you're ready for a change Listen. do you believe that illness has been canceled do you believe that pain has been canceled See his face. See, he's pleased with you. He's better than anything. God, come have your way with our desires. Get at it, Lord. We fall to the ground. Holy, holy, holy are you. And in your holiness, we are made whole. No pride, unleavened, sincere and truthful. Eight, go, lose yourself. No pride. like Peter when you're out in the boat fishing and you feel like you let the Lord down that you betrayed him see him on the beach making you fish and be like Peter lose yourself you jump on the boat and as fast as you can you run
on. <laughs> Celebrate. Give heaven a reason to party. Good job. Well done. Cooling down. I mean that. Giving heaven a reason to throw a celebration. Jesus says that heaven celebrates over one sinner repenting. The 99 who think I'm good. I've decided. You know, my mom and dad are in heaven. And my, my great cloud of witnesses, those who've gone before me and are now in a different perspective, praying from heaven to earth instead of from earth to heaven. That they're all up there. And I'm going to make it a point every day to give them a reason to party. Because if any of us think that we are without the need of repenting from our pride, it's in every stinking day, everyone. Pride. I am prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. I am prone to put my faith in the resources of the earth. I am prone to this. And here's the mercy. God knows. He's not condemning you. He's not shaming you. He knows. He knows that our blessings turn into our curses. <laughs> he knows that without Him being the center and where Jesus is, there is the Spirit of the Lord. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Not a freedom that you destroy your freedom with but a freedom to throw your hands up and worship. Worship. Your whole life is about this moment of worship. Not about how much money you can make, who you know, who can open doors for you. It doesn't matter. Paul told us it's all rubbish, dung, crap. It's nothing. And so every day, and here, here's, here's your key. Here's how we're going to become party people for the kingdom. Ready? And every day, in the moment you notice frustration, in the moment that you notice your brow starting to crinkle, your clench starting to jaw, your breath starting to get short, your shoulders starting to feel tight, the moment you start to feel stress, you're going to recognize it. And then like snakeskin, peel it off and repent. Repent that there's any part of you that would want to spend one more minute with that. In any way that you acted in pride, repent. And I know for me, it's when I'm frustrated or blaming God or feel like I'm not being heard or I think a thought raises itself up higher than God that maybe God is not interested 
in this. What? It's not true. Psalm 139. He knows every thought I have. And every thought of me are more precious to him. Everything is precious to him. But instead of trying to work it out in my timeline, and that frustrates me, I'm going to repent of my pride. And I'm going to be a lump, a lump of clay. Because I would rather be a lump than leavened bread, pride, and puffed up. Y'all, the neuroscience is in. Your brain does not operate well in pride. It can get stuff done. It could probably solve a few problems at the cost of you having a boneyard in your backyard of the people that you have run over <laughs> in your road to get what you want. But not for the lumps. <laughs> Be a lump. Just fall. Soften. Did anyone ever take a pottery class? You know. A lump of clay, throw it on the wheel, good luck. Unless you saturate it with some water. You grab that sponge, fill it with God's word, rinse it all over your hardness of clay, be a lump. And let the Lord put his hands on you and form you. But people with pride refuse to be formed. People with pride would much rather conform than transform. <laughs> That's why Paul's like, what is going on with you guys? You're all conforming. Not only are you conforming, you're making it even worse. Even the world is laughing at you. Cleanse out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I've got three questions for you, and I want you to read 1 Corinthians 5 this week till we meet again. Put that, write it on your forehead. 1 Corinthians 5. Come on, some of you, you're not in church, you don't have a community, you got to get in the Word and you need to find a community. But for now, get in the Word. God will lead you. I have these questions for you. What are you trusting in yourself with? And I said before, look behind the door of your frustration and your disappointment. You'll find what you're trusting in. What are you trusting in yourself with. I tell you, I'm guilty. I'm totally guilty. Thinking if I just pray harder, if I, if I, it's like I treat God like a, like a combination lock. If I just figure this out, and I'm busy and I'm tired. I just need to fall down and worship. And remember, Life is not about me getting what I want 
when I want it, how I want it. That's the desires of the flesh. Next question. Where do you think the laws of God don't apply to you? Because we learned that in the definition of pride. It's people that divine, they violate divine laws and human rights. So where do you think the laws of God don't apply to you? Is it in your money, your food, sex, marriage, with your kids? last question are you conforming more into the image of Christ or are you comfortable trying to conform God to you because that's what they're doing in Corinth they're baby Christians and Paul's here as a father show up and say please listen to me emulate me I've been that I have been the Pharisee of Pharisees stop it but you know what everyone needs I'm convinced you do not need more scripture knowledge you do not need more information about God you need more intimacy with him spend time with him settle down just engage with him let him stare at you I'm going quiet Lord have this time do what you want show us your face God I pray that everyone here that you would heal their brains, heal their minds, you do a transforming work in them because they've encountered you in blood and breath and sweat and body and worship and thought and deed. And that God, that you would form them from lumps into the pottery you see and have always ordained for them. That God, that they would see your face and the pleasure you take in forming them. Let them see your face and the pleasure of your face, the joy that is on your face because there's a celebration going on over their repentance. Show us your party face, God. Show us your party face. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone, lay down in the grass, sit down, open your palms and let him bathe you in this encounter that he loves you. He hears you and He is with you. Amen.